Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Carisoft. Each month we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now here's your host, Jason Miller. Hello and thanks for joining us today. My guest is Tom Kennedy, the Vice President and General Manager of Veritas Public Sector. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Jason. I'm excited for our discussion today on how agencies can improve how they manage their information. Oftentimes, that effort is under-prioritized and underestimated. But let me set some context for our discussion today. The Office of Management and Budget and the National Archives and Records Administration gave agencies a series of mandates under the Managing Government's Records Directive in 2012. As part of this directive, agencies have to digitize their temporary and permanent records and ultimately manage all electronic records in electronic format by the end of 2019. Agencies face their most recent deadline in December for managing their email records electronically. While we don't have any new data on how they're doing, we do know agencies were making progress toward this goal. In 2015, NARA issued a self-assessment agency report finding 80% of the agencies say their agency leadership recognizes records and information management as a priority. 76% of the agencies say they are using records management self-assessment scores to measure their effectiveness of the records management program. 36% of the agencies scored in the low-risk category, 47% in the moderate risk, and 17% in the high risk, leaving 64% of the agencies with a much higher risk of breaches, misinformation, lost records, and other problems that they should have. And even the 36% of the agencies in low risk still are vulnerable. So we know what the problem is. We know what they have to do. The context is in place. Let's turn back to Tom Kennedy, the Vice President and General Manager of Veritas Public Sector. Now, Tom, agencies have been working towards several deadlines. We know that. They have to improve how they manage electronic records. It's been almost five years. So let's just give us a little perspective where they come from and where are they going? At Veritas, of course, our whole charter is to assist agencies in enabling them to harness the power of their information. So we feel like we're pretty uniquely qualified to, uh, to talk about and, and discuss this topic. Um, of course, Veritas has the best information management uh, portfolio out there today and a big worldwide market share lead. And so we're out there talking to government customers about these topics every day. Wanted to add on to the context that you shared around the presidential directive. Of course, the presidential directive on records management was all around laying out a series of milestones to really help government agencies move into the digi digitized world. The Federal Records Act was was uh, created in the 1960s, and of course, it was very different times uh, back then. Everything was uh, paper, and uh, and so now, right? Uh, they're trying to set new policies and and uh, procedures in place to really guide through the the electronic world. The directive laid out a series of milestones, as you said. Uh, the big one was in 2000, at the end of 2016, where all email had to be sent in electronic format over to the National Archives. And the final milestone is in the end of 2019, where the goal there is all electronic content to be sent electronically. So, so really uh, uh, beyond email is the, is the big challenge. So back to your question, where are agencies uh, and uh, how are they doing today? It's amazing to me as, as we're out there talking to government agencies, how how varying the answers are. A couple of years ago, we ran into a lot of agencies that were still using the old print and file approach to, to uh, records management. So literally, they would take an email, the user would make a determination of what was a record or not. And then if it was a record, then they would hit the print button on their computer and, uh, and then file it away to, to be sent over to the archives. Obviously, a uh, not an optimal process uh, because the user is defining the, uh, uh, the classification and uh, and then of course we're we're going to to hard copy at that point. Proud to report in the last self assessment report that you referenced, the instances of agencies using the old print and file approach 
went from in the hundreds to actually zero reported it at the end of 2015. So that's a big, big improvement. But again, it's just amazing uh, as we went out there and talked to agencies, how some were really struggling with uh, grasping this, this uh, directive and putting a strategy in place. And there were also others that were very uh, already ahead of it and, and, um, and already were in, were in a great shape. We have the leading archiving product out there and several uh, large agencies had already adopted and implemented an email archiving system that allows, that basically are already got them compliant with the, the 2016 milestone. It seems so interesting that you were actually finding, you know, 2014, 2013, agencies are still printing things out because so many went to electronic emails years ago. I mean, we're not even talking about cloud. We're not talking about anything advanced. We're just talking about email as a file. So do you get a sense that they were just were overwhelmed by the data and now the printing it out just made more sense? Or why were they still relying on such old school techniques? Was it just a culture change? Yeah, culture is a, a big piece of it, Jason. So you know, I work for a technology company, so it's easy to, to really focus in on the technology that they're using. But of course, any any project will take people, process, and technologies. And so that's really so much of it is uh, having the people that are trained on the technology, not just having the technology implemented, and then also having the processes established. So a lot of times they are going off of processes that were established 10 years ago, and they're just, you know, they're just following it. And no one's, no one's taking the initiative to, to update the, the process. It was interesting as part of the self-assessment, I think some of the data that came back was, uh, again, positive progress. 87% of the agencies reported positive progress on the org structure to support uh, meeting the directive uh, milestones. And when you talk about the org structure, it means who's in charge, who's making the decisions, how's it set up? It's not just the CIO or not just the records manager or the chief privacy officer, but that whole, the whole process. Do I have that right? Yeah, exactly right. One of the things about the deadlines, you mentioned the 2019 deadline coming up. So here we are just into 2017, a couple months in, what has to happen between now and then? Agencies are building their plans to essentially have all electronic content have a strategy around their electronic content. Now, we believe uh, roughly 70% of an agency's data is unstructured data. And we also advocate that agencies take a modular approach, right? So if you think about it, email would be the first um, uh, portion of content that they're focused on. Um, so have a holistic strategy, but but accomplish it modular and show, and show success like that. So assuming that they already have their email under control, then what's the next big, uh, big section of data that they're going to go after? Typically, what we're seeing is uh, file shares, other you know, document repositories are the next big thing that, that's on the horizon for them. One of the things about file share and email, and that seems like a huge lift. I mean, the, the amount of data that's in a file share, I mean, if you think about it, every day, it gets added and added and added more and more and more. How do you deal with that explosion of data? as you work toward that modular concept? Because I imagine, Tom, you could spend the rest of the next year and a half just on the file sharing side of getting that data managed and then set up to go to NARA as electronic record. Yeah, now you're getting into the kind of what, what we believe is the really interesting aspect of this, of this directive. Um, it's not just about being able to move the content. Uh, what, what we want to enable agencies to be able to do is to understand what they have. We go out and talk to so many agencies and they just don't know where to begin. Uh, they have file shares that have built up over over years, right? So um, Veritas is really trying to assist with the uh, the classification and analysis of that data, so they can make intelligent decisions uh, on that data. Um, we've put out some really some really interesting statistics. 
uh, we did a study uh, called the Data Genomics Study that uh, that interviewed uh, commercial companies and government agencies and talked about uh, kind of what a typical data profile is. And uh, the 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 statistics were amazing, right? We found that uh, over seventy percent of the data had no relevant business value uh, to the to the agency. Um, a couple of interesting uh, tidbits out of that analysis: forty-one uh, percent of the data was coming back as stale. Uh, well, we re- we refer to stale as uh, data that hasn't been touched in three years, right? So. Um, now look, they might be under a records uh, under a record hold where they might have a reason to hold on to it for that long, but um, it's really important for the agency to understand what's stale, what's not, and maybe they can move it over to a to a secondary or tertiary storage. Another classification that we found was orphan data, uh, data without parents. So uh, um, literally, uh, you think about all the inflows and outflows uh, for personnel within agencies, there's a lot of data out there without an assigned owner. Um, and so without an assigned owner, just kind of is a mystery and tends to be to be held around. So um, we have tools to identify that uh, orphan data and, uh, and then again, an- analyze it and make good business decisions on it. That's amazing. 70% of it's unstructured. That is a huge issue. I've seen that time and again. But even worse, I mean, you talk about 41% hasn't been touched in three years. 30% is, is mystery data, orphan data. Nobody knows who owns it anymore. How do you deal with that? What, what are the tools as you talk about? And, and how does that fit into this idea of infrastructure modernization? We hear so much about cloud computing as an example of that infrastructure modernization. How does that all work together so you can, one, deal with the data in, in a smart way, but two, not get bogged down and, and, and get overwhelmed by all the data? Yeah, there's, there's, uh, so there's two big macro trends going on that uh, are really influencing that this business problem. Uh, the first one, of course, is uh, just the data growth. And, uh, you know, pick your, uh, pick, your, pick your anecdote around there, but uh, the studies show that almost 50% annual growth in, uh, in unstructured data, right? So if you think about that multiplying effect, the reality is throwing infrastructure at the problem just doesn't scale anymore, right? You have to start to take a strategy around managing your data. And of course, the other big uh, macro trend is the emergence of the cloud. And uh, I've been, you know, I think everyone's real impressed that the government's been very uh, 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 forward in the cloud adoption. And of course, the government came out with the big cloud first initiative. And so that's a complexity, right? You have all of a sudden your data sources might be, you know, not just all over the place on prem, but now you have it in private clouds and public clouds, and it just adds adds a layer of complexity. So what we're advocating is have a data management strategy that is uh, encompassing of all data sources. You know, cl- at, at, at the simplest level, cloud is just another data source for us. But your strategy has to be able to um, uh, account for data on-premise or, or in the cloud. So that's what we're focused on, is, is enabling our customers to, to have the tool sets to be able to implement their data strategy wherever the data sits. I want to go back to one of the things you mentioned. You talked about the unstructured da- data. One of the challenges is structuring, getting some structure around that data. Can the cloud, can this infrastructure effort help get that structure so you know what you have and where it belongs and what buckets it goes in? Or is are we talking, they're really two separate but, but parallel initiatives to get some structure to the data, but also then deal with where that data is coming from and, and, and how to manage it better? So again, I, I I view the cloud as really just uh, the source. Like where where does the uh, where does the data sit? It really comes back to 
um, the purpose of putting content into an archive or into a uh, any kind of uh, records management tool would be to put structure around your unstructured data, right? So then you can do searches and and uh, classify the content. Um, so I view the cloud as really just the source, and uh, it's really the the tools that will allow you to put the structure in there to make some intelligent decisions on it. Now, are agencies understanding that there's a difference here, and are they starting to use those tools? Because until you know what you have, it's hard to kind of make a decision. Is this a record? Is this not a record? Do we, How long do we keep it for, or can we just trash it? Yeah, yeah. so definitely uh, the technology platforms are really big enablers to help them uh, move forward in these in these areas. Um, the, the cloud also, there's a, an emergence of, of several cloud tools out there that are really uh, helping agencies push forward. Um, uh, take, for instance, the archiving uh, products out there. Typically, it, it was an on-premise uh, deployment uh, where it required not just it required uh, uh, personnel to manage the the uh, infrastructure and then also an infrastructure investment on top of the the archiving software, um, and we're starting to see that market really shift to cloud-based products. Uh, we actually have a, a cloud-based archiving tool. So think about that. It's such a sim- simple way to implement for customers. Um, and the exciting thing about archiving tools and and also other record management tools is the uh, the auto classification technology that comes with it. So the government agency would set their retention policy and then basically they can class a, the the technology can classify the documents or the emails uh, automatically based off of the retention policies. Um, of course, the government was advocating the capstone approach, which was really a role-based classification process, right? if you if you are in a particular role, it would be a record or not a record, right at, at the simplest level. Um, and so the technology today will allow agencies to implement not just a role-based classification process, but then also a content-based classification process. And I could see how both are just so important because even if you're in a lower, not in one of those capstone roles, you're still you're still producing records on occasion or, or more often than not. Uh, Tom, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can talk more about the, the future of, of, of where information management's heading. My guest is Tom Kennedy, the Vice President and General Manager of Veritas Public Sector. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. The federal government, like many other organizations, is realizing the value of its data as a critical asset. Veritas is committed to working with federal agencies to improve their data management strategies and help uncover actionable insights that drive mission achievement. The Veritas suite of enterprise data management solutions helps to reduce data storage costs while delivering data protection and availability. Learn more at kerasoft.com slash innovation slash Veritas. That's kerasoft.com slash innovation slash Veritas. Tune in on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. for the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Carisoft and its partners. Learn from industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing technologies. Innovation in Government examines a wide range of topics and evaluates their payoff. Cybersecurity, big data, cloud computing, and more. Innovation in Government, Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. Search keyword innovation. Welcome back. You're listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Jason Miller, your host. My guest is Tom Kennedy, the Vice President and General Manager of Veritas Public Sector. Now, Tom, before break, we're talking a little bit about 
the cloud and the benefits of the cloud in many ways, but also the innovations. I thought the auto classification idea, the, the concept, the tools that are out there is great. I mean, agencies can get bogged down so much in that world. The clouds are obviously opening the door to a ton of innovation. Talk a, a little bit more about what other innovations are you seeing? Yeah, it's, it's real exciting. I think the vendor community is starting to really uh, support the federal marketplace and uh, build solutions that cater to the federal marketplace. So we talked about uh, the archiving, cloud-based archiving uh, offerings and uh, the classification engines that come along with that. We just actually jointly announced a solution with Microsoft. So we have our uh, archive solution in Microsoft Azure that is actually FedRAMP certified. So uh, uh, government agencies can get at a cloud-based archiving tool with classification that already has the FedRAMP certification. Another product that we've been working on quite a bit uh, that, that's uh, pretty unique in the market uh, is a essentially a data visualization and classification tool. Uh, we call it the information map, and it sits on the metadata uh, that that the government customers have, and it basically allows them to to understand in a visual context the um, the content that they have. So again, half the half the issue is uh, not knowing what you what you have, right? So it'll identify uh, the aging. Uh, any 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 type of other material uh, uh, classifications around the metadata. A uh, term we like to use to identify is uh, ROT, uh, redundant, obsolete, and trivial data. So then you can go and take action against that once you identify it. I think that's important that agencies can see, okay, what, what, what kind of ROT do we have? When you look at this visualization tool, does it come up and says, hey, here's everything that is more than a year old, more than two years old. How, how, just give me a quick sense of how it works. Yeah, so uh, exactly right. It'll identify uh, where your data resides, and then it'll give you statistics uh, based off of you know a multitude of, of uh, classifications that we have. So what we're trying to flush out is um, aging. I think that's a, a big one. We talked about orphan data, so uh, uh, data that doesn't have owners. Um, you know, essentially, we're just trying to give agencies the tools to be able to take good business decisions and eliminate your data without any business value, right? Uh, Jason, it's about uh, kind of a two-pronged approach, right? You're eliminating risk by not keeping data that, you, that you're not required to. But then also there's a big return on, invest, on that investment because you're uh, uh, reducing your data footprint and ultimately the, the infrastructure and, and costs associated with it. Now, somebody cynical would hear this and say, yeah, but cloud is so cheap. I can buy storage from anybody so cheaply, Azure or whomever. Uh, but that's not the point because it's still a cost, whether it's you know 10 cents a terabyte or a dollar a petabyte, it's still there's a cost there. And if you need 50 petabytes versus 25 petabytes, that's still half as much money is that's really i mean that when you talk about roi and you talk about cost savings that's a that's a big piece to it yeah and you go back to the uh the data growth issue that we talked about right 50 percent per year think about that compounding annual uh effect and all of a sudden it starts to get un unattainable right so. very much so so we talked about cloud we talked about a lot in cloud and, and the potential for managing your data but there's other innovations out there too go through some of the other things that you guys are seeing in the marketplace in terms of where there's opportunities, but also where there are, you know, actual tools that, that agencies can take advantage of. Yeah. So once you have a, a, a strong information strategy, data, data management strategy, uh, then there's a lot of uh, really great things that you can do cross-functionally uh, once you have a good data platform uh, established. We're seeing a lot of that cross-functional success in government agencies around some of the uh, associated workflows around around your data. So we're working with a large federal government agency, uh, over 40,000 users, 
And one of the things that they were struggling with was their legal hold process. They actually had over 600 active legal holds at one time. And how were they managing that process? A really big spreadsheet, right? So it was a manual process basically being done by multiple people uh, managing it by spreadsheets. And you know, I don't need to articulate the risks associated with that. And so um, because they had a good information management strategy, they were able to add a pretty simple legal hold automation tool to automate that entire workflow. And it took it from a you know, risky manual uh, process into a really tight automated uh, uh, workflow. Another example is in the, uh, in the FOIA uh, world, right? Freedom of Information Acts. Again, an, another workflow that agencies typically really struggle with. And if you think about the FOIA workflow process, uh, it is uh, uh, very similar to the e-discovery process, another, another workflow that is uh, very relevant to the, to the topic. So you get big gains in both your e-discovery and your FOIA processes by having a good information management strategy. We've heard, we've had customers with huge successes in their e-discovery process. Being able to use tools to intelligently cull down the data that's relevant to the discovery or to the, to the legal matter uh, allows them to eliminate significant legal costs in the, uh, in the document review uh, category. So just really exciting innovations that are going on across government agencies in these in these spaces. The the FOIA tools and, and the descriptions coming at the perfect time. We've done several stories over the last month or so about agencies just getting inundated in the FOIA world and, and not being able to keep up and backlogs growing. Is that an area you're seeing a lot of interest in? Are agencies starting to come to you guys and some of your partners and say, help us f- f- figure this out? We're not going to be able to hire more people. At the same time, we have this huge backlog. Yeah, there's a big part of that workflow that can that can be uh, leveraged by other tools. So if you think about it, if you think about the workflow of the FOIA process, uh, uh, Freedom of Information Act request comes in, and then they have to uh, determine relevance, go out and do a search on the data. And if so, if you have a good classification engine, and if you can quickly search and and find the relevant information, um, you're going to be that much better off. Another big piece of it is going through the redaction process to only sh- only uh, only send out the relevant uh, stuff and making sure you're not not sharing inappropriate uh, material, and having good automation tools to be able to do those redactions and those editing tools are, are really important as well. So just uh, uh, fundamentally makes the whole workflow much smoother and faster, and the response times will improve. Yeah, those redaction tools will really make our jobs as journalists harder. We like the old <laughs> days when they forget to. Uh, they black things out, and, and you could remove the, the black, and you could see what was redacted. Those are the old days. Uh, Tom, let's talk also about governance, because I think that's another big issue. We talked at the beginning about culture. We talked about this, having a good strategy. But a lot of this has to be governed by the people who are in charge. Again, chief information officers, chief data officers, we've seen them emerging. But it's also the privacy and civil liberties folks. Talk about the governance side and how this all fits together. Yeah, so again, a good information management strategy is the platform that allows proper governance, and, and you can add in the governance tools to, to get there. Um, so we've been talking about kind of the, the uh, maturity process in a good information management strategy, uh, visibility into what you have. That's, a, that's the, the first aspect. But then once you have the proper vi- visibility, uh, then you can uh, put proper automa- automation in right, to, uh, to take, take action on, uh, on the data that you have. And then ultimately assume control, and I think uh, good classification engines and good good uh, good procedures will ultimately give you the ability to have control and to be proactive with those governance issues. Is automation both a people issue but also a 
if you'll process issue, because once it goes to the cloud and once you apply these tools to it, somebody somewhere has to make some decisions still, because not every, while things are automatic automatic in some ways, there still has to be a people piece to it. Is, is where, where do they fit in or who fits in and where? What are you seeing across the customer base? Yeah, so as much as possible, you want to eliminate the, the human element of the classification process. Where the human intervention should be solely focused on is the determining what the retention policy is and determining very clearly what the policy is, and then you want the automation to be able to enforce that policy. So that's really where the where the focus should be, and and uh, uh, where we where we recommend it go to. Tom, we're almost out of time. This has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, one more thing, I guess people always want to know: okay, what should we take away from this conversation? Where should they be heading next? They, the deadline, the 2019 deadline, is is feels like far away, but it really is fast approaching in many ways. What are some of the things that that agencies need to keep in mind? When we talked a lot about classification and tools. And, and other ideas, where, what's, what's the message you're leaving them with? Yeah, so you've heard a couple of themes uh, uh, throughout this, uh, Jason. So the big one is have a holistic strategy on, on your data, right? Data is truly the critical asset. Uh, government agencies are more and more, as they move to cloud adoption, are getting out of the infrastructure business, and the critical asset is going to be that data. So having a holistic strategy is very important. And then take a modular approach, right? Cut up the 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 uh, the sources of data. Uh, email uh, has already been taken care of for a lot of the government agencies. So take the next uh, the next big sources and and just keep moving on and building on top of that. Have a holistic strategy. Build modular. And uh, there's a lot of of uh, low hanging fruit out there to 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 have quick success. Once agencies get through that low hanging fruit, what's the hardest point that that what's if you look out. If we, t- if we have this conversation again in a year from now or 15 months from now, what's the piece or what's the thing that's going to really stop them? What's their biggest challenge, I guess? Yeah, I would say the biggest challenge that we've, that we've run across is, you know, I've talked about some of the cross-functional success we've had, but that is the, the toughest thing, right? There's uh, a data strategy cuts across the entire agency, across uh, multiple groups. And so empowering folks to, to, uh, um, to make those cross-functional decisions is, is probably the biggest uh, uh, challenge. And what we've seen is uh, the agencies that, that are, are moving uh, uh, faster uh, create deliberately create those cross-functional groups and, and can quickly make decisions. And they have to keep in mind that the cross-functional groups, again, it's not just the tech people. The program folks play such a big role in this. And I think sometimes they're left out or you always hear, you know, don't bolt on security. That's the other piece of this too, right? You need security. You need the privacy. You need Everyone around the table, a term we hear probably way too often in government, but you know, the data strategy and the decisions and the classification pieces are not just a you know one guy or one woman sitting in a room by themselves. Are you seeing that agencies are bringing these groups together? Yeah, and I think that's the, the exciting emergence of the chief data officer role, the CDO role across government agencies is a start of that, right? Um, so I think what we've seen over the last uh, 12, 18 months is them really focusing on uh, creating policies for the agency, and then uh, uh, collaborating cross-functionally, and then and then uh, I think now we're getting into over the next couple of years we're going to get into the implementation and really starting to to, to bear the fruit of those uh, strategies. That's interesting. You bring up the CDO. We could have a whole conversation mm-hmm. about that role. It's been a fascinating change in government, but unfortunately we're out of time for today. I'd like to thank Tom Kennedy, the Vice President and General Manager of Veritas Public Sector, for this great conversation. Tom, thank you very much for today. Uh, anytime, Jason. Great to great to do this. 
You've been listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsradio.com, keyword innovation.